Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Parenting with Play podcast. I am so pleased that you're here. Today we're going to talk about why simply talking about your children's emotions, such as anger or sadness with your child, is not enough to help shift the behaviour or their upset feelings around it and what you can do instead. I'm Helena Mooney and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. society, we're becoming much, much better, aren't we, at recognising the importance of emotions. We talk about things so much more than certainly my parents' generation did. And we now, you know, actively encourage men to express themselves more. We don't view emotions as a female-only phenomenon. And we can all intellectually understand the benefits of crying and expressing ourselves and being with others whilst we do that. And so likewise, now with our children, we recognise that it's helpful for them to express their feelings, to name their feelings, to talk about it. But we often only limit this to words and to talking about emotions. And so I don't know whether you do this, but I certainly see this a lot, that when a child is upset, they're often told to use your words rather than have a cry or have a tantrum. And parents are often really great now at talking to their feeling about how, to the children about how they're feeling. And there's so many books on this now, which is great. And that's obviously progress. But there is another step. And that's what I really want to talk to you about today, because the next step is to actually express those feelings, because it's not enough to only talk about emotions. It's not enough to just say, I'm angry or I'm sad. Just like it's not enough when you're happy, when you're happy, you don't just sit there calmly without a smile and go, I'm really happy. You know, it doesn't work, does it? You know, if you're happy, you're smiling, you're quick to laughter, and you generally respond really well to a range of, you know, different situations and challenges. It's not an intellectual thing. It's a physical thing. You know, you feel it throughout your body, don't you? And it's reflected in how you behave when you're happy or excited. You can feel that coursing throughout your body and you might want to jump up and down for joy or you definitely smile. You know, it's a real connection between the physical body and our intellectual mind and what we're feeling. So the same applies to feeling angry or upset. So it's not enough to simply say, I'm sad. Because when you're sad, life feels hard, your posture is different, you're downcast, tears may spring easily to your eyes. And simply saying, I'm sad, doesn't convey the depth of what you're feeling. It doesn't convey how your body is feeling. It doesn't help shift how you respond in situations because you feel really sad. And so when you're angry, likewise, you can't just say, I'm angry and I've got a smile on my face or you're, you know, if you do that, you're doing it, you know, sort of in a like a, not a sarcastic way, but you know, you're doing it in a like a almost a manic way going, I'm really angry. You know, it doesn't work with being genuine smiling and saying you're angry. The two are incompatible. When you're angry, you feel it throughout your body, don't you? You may want to punch something or someone. You may want to shout at someone or stamp your feet. I find myself, you know, stamping my feet. I sometimes feel like a toddler, but I'm just like, I've got this anger, this energy 
wild energy coursing throughout my body. And so sometimes, you know, you just want to do something, don't you? That's why we slam doors. That's why, you know, we do shout or lash out or, you know, do things that we know that are not great to do. But because our emotions are coursing throughout our body, it's not just something we feel in our head. So again, simply saying, I'm angry, doesn't cut it. There's so much more that goes on towards it. And the same for our children, even more so actually for our children, because they're way more in touch with their emotions than we are as adults. They haven't had as much time or influence to disconnect so much from their feelings. And they're much, much more in their body rather than their head, which is, you know, those of you particularly with toddlers will know this, but our children are much more expressive with their feelings. And that is a really great thing. And I know certainly in Western cultures, you know, we view that as childish or in the old days, you know, feminine. Um, and, and it was always looked at down upon. Always the intellectual, the logical mind was was what was praised and thought of as, as great. Emotions were messy and something to be really suppressed and not expressed. But emotions, just like the examples I used earlier, you, you feel them throughout your body. So what, so sure, it's not good to actually hit someone when you're angry. You know, that is not condoned at all. And we're not condoning our children to do that either. But we still need to help our children to express their anger. We need to recognise what they actually need in those moments to help with their emotions, which is not an intellectual thing. It's not to talk them out of their feelings. It's not to tell them off for hitting or throwing because your child knows not to hit or throw. They know that's not a good thing. They know it's not kind. They know it's not helpful, but they still do it when they're in the throes of that emotion. So why is that? Why is disciplining or teaching your child not to hit is not helpful in those moments when they are overcome with their emotions? That's because the rational part of their brain, the part that's involved with impulse control, language, forward thinking, consequences, all these great logical, rational things, isn't working well. And that's because their emotional part of the brain is flooded with stress. Now, I've done a whole episode on what's going on in your child's brain. I think it's number two. So definitely check that out if you really want to find out more about that. But just know that when they're in the throes of those upset feelings, their emotional part of the brain, the limbic system, is flooding and that's causing their their prefrontal cortex, their logical part of the brain, to go offline. And depending on how stressed they are, relates to how offline their brain is. So, you know, when somebody's slightly stressed, they might start, go, you know, start whining, your child might start whining. But when they're full on um, overwhelmed and overcome with sadness or with anger, that, you know, that's when they start to lash out. That's when they become aggressive. So to counter that, to help our children with that, it isn't done solely through words. It's not done through talking because their talking part of the brain is different part to the um, emotional part of the brain. So they, we need to help our children with their emotions. So then that rational, logical consequence, realizing forward thinking part of their impulse control part of the brain starts to work well. Because when we help them with their emotions, that's when that the logical part of the brain just works well automatically and comes back along. So we need to help them to express their emotions because emotions are meant to be felt. It's a physical thing as well as a thing that you feel in your mind. And when 
we need to feel them, we need to express them. And the best way to help with your child is to offer connection to your upset child because your child needs to tantrum, they need to cry, they need to be offered a pillow to bash, they may need to laugh, anything to fully express and release those upset feelings to get them out of their system. And they need you to offer them warmth and love and maybe a limit rather than disconnection and discipline and teaching them and showing them that that behaviour is not acceptable. Because intellectually they know it's not acceptable, but when that that emotional part of the brain is flooded with upset feelings, then, as I said, it all goes offline. So your child may need to laugh, which is why play is so brilliant, but it depends on what state they're in. So be careful not to move in with laughter and play if your child is wild with anger and is already upset because that's a distraction and that's not meeting them where they're at. You want to meet your child with where they're at emotionally. And what happens when you do that, when your child is able to fully and freely express themselves with you, is that they move through the feelings, which means they come out the other side. And it's extraordinary to watch your child do this. It's extraordinary to feel it as an adult to do this. And since becoming a parent, I've learned so much more about this and I've experienced this myself and I've witnessed time and time again with my children and with other children that when they fully dive into that rage, when they fully go through it and they're supported by you because being supported by you is very, very different experience to then expecting you know, a child to just go off and deal with the anger on their own. It's too much. They need that connection with us. And when they go through those feelings, and it can be full on, there's no denying that it can be full on. But what happens is that they come out the other side. And when they come out the other side, they're lighter, their their mind is clearer, you can see it in their faces, their bodies are relaxed, they're not holding all that tension in their muscles, they're happier, they're calmer, and then they will go back to playing beautifully with whoever they were wanting to bash, you know, earlier or whatever it is, they can then remember all that beautiful stuff about it's not nice to hit another person. It's not kind to throw things across the room, whatever it is they were doing. Because they've had that chance to express their emotions with you, they come out the other side. So if you don't do that, if instead you ask your child to stop crying or stop tantruming, and instead ask them to talk about their feelings, to use their words, what you're actually doing is you're forcing them to come out of their emotional part of the brain into the logical part of the brain, which then means that the emotions remain in there. They're stuck. They're unexpressed. They're not released. And they're there. And often we need to push them down again. And what happens is that they then build up. They sort of fester in there. And they always find a way to leak out. And you will find out that even if you stop one particular behaviour, another behaviour might easily happen um, in a different area because those emotions are still stuck in there. They need to come out in some way. Just like stress in our body comes out in a whole myriad of ways. We might go, I'm not stressed, but then you might have an unexplained rash or something. Our feelings come out. And so you might find that they might get upset more often over like seemingly inconsequential things. They refuse to cooperate. They have difficulty learning things. They have resistance going to sleep. They have anxieties building up. That's because those emotions are stuck in them. They need to be released. 
So, you know, you and your child can come up intellectually with all the strategies in the world to for what they can do next time they're angry or next time they're sad. But when your child is overcome with feelings, they're not going to be able to remember those strategies in the heat of the moment. That part of the brain isn't working well, which is also the reason why rewards charts don't work well in those emotions too. And so think, I'd love you to think about it. And so when was the last time that you lost your temper? So, you know, for me, I shouted at my family on the weekend. Now, I know that's not a good thing to do. I know it's damaging for my kids and my relationship. And I know it's not kind, but I still did it. I was overcome with stress, frustration, sense of injustice, anger, and all those things just boiled up in me and led me to shouting. So do I want to do it again? No, of course not. Will I do it again? Probably, yes. Can I reduce my chances of doing it again? Absolutely. And the way that I do that, which we're going to have a whole episode on that, is I get to express my emotions in a safe, contained area with somebody else listening to me. So I might want to just completely vent down the phone to somebody and just rant like a crazy woman about everything that's really annoying me. Or I might want to cry about something. And the more that I do that, the less likely I'm going to shout at my family because I'm not going to have all that stress accumulating because it's not what I'm shouting about in the moment that is the whole reason why I'm shouting. It's all of these other things that have built up over the week or over the day or whatever it is or just building up over a lifetime has then caused me to just come so overwhelmed and to completely lose it. So, you know, I know intellectually that shouting's not good, and it's the complete opposite of what I want to do. But there are times, getting less and less, hopefully, there are times when I still do it. And this, this is exactly the same for your child. So your child knows not to hit. They know not to shout. They know whining drives you crazy. They know all of these things. But in those moments, they can't help themselves. And so it's not reasonable for us to expect our children to be angry and to not express themselves in some way. It's not reasonable for us to ask them to be really calm when they're desperately upset over something. What do you want for your child? Do you want them to know that all of their emotions are welcome? And this is not an intellectual exercise because you can say it's okay to cry, but unless you actually give them the opportunity to cry or to be angry, they're not going to realise that that's okay. I was, I think, in my 30s before I realised it was okay for me to be angry. Because anger, my parents weren't comfortable with anger. Their parents weren't comfortable with anger. You know, it was something, being British, we don't express. We just, hold, you know, stiff up a lip. We don't express ourselves. And that leads to a whole myriad of issues. So it was a real relief for me to finally, as an adult, realise, oh, it is okay for me to be angry. And there are times when it is perfectly reasonable for us to be angry. And I've channeled that anger into advocacy and, you know, doing things that are important to me. It's, it's important that we don't always view it as, as um, a negative thing. Now, sure, you know, if I went up and punched somebody in the face, of course that's negative. So I need to find ways to manage my anger and the way of managing it is expressing it, not just in words, but, I, you know, sometimes I go and bash a pillow when I'm just so <laughs> overcome with feelings. Often I cry with friends and that is a really, really healthy thing to do. So as adults, we need to help our children with their feelings. Your children need to be able to cry, to rage. I mean, they laugh, don't they? We want them to laugh more. And that's why I talk about play. Play is so helpful. 
but they need you by their side whilst they do it. It's not the same as your child going to the room and crying on their own. That's not healing. That's actually compounding the stress. Likewise, going to their room when they're angry, they can't, you know, they're so overwhelmed. And so, yeah, they might come out of the room quieter and calmer, but those feelings are still stuck in there. You need, they need to get it out and they need you by their side whilst they do it. So if you're getting it intellectually, but this is just another example, but, you know, you wouldn't accept, expect like you know your child when they're super excited say the night before their birthday or they've just found out about something really exciting to just sit there calmly going yeah I'm really excited I'm just so excited and you know and this is why I'm really excited no we don't expect that at all you know they feel that in their body they jump around for joy they're just so like woohoo they need to express it it's not something they can intellectually just say so the next time your child is upset, listen to them. Don't extract, distract them. Don't ask them to explain why they're upset. Let them feel the upset because they will come out the other side. Now, they may not tell you afterwards why they're upset or they may. It doesn't matter. What matters actually with you, it, what actually matters is you being with them whilst they offload their upset. And so likewise, next time your child is angry, Stay with them whilst they're angry. Connect with them through the anger. So it could be that, you know, a play fight, a pillow fight is brilliant. That's what they might need if they're in that early stages of anger. That could be enough. Just be careful that you don't tip in to use it as a form of distraction. But it could be that you need to step in there with a loving limit and go, I'm not going to let you do that. And But I'm going to, you know, and then you stay with them whilst they rage and they tantrum with you. That's what your child actually needs. So you don't need to say it's okay to cry or it's okay to ang to be angry. Just like you don't say it's okay to laugh. That seems a ludicrous thing to say, doesn't it? But your child, because your child knows it's okay to laugh because you've laughed together, you know, they've laughed without any negative consequences. So likewise, you don't need to say it's okay to cry. You just need to be with them whilst they cry and they will experience that it's okay to cry. So it won't even become a thing that they don't even know that it's not okay to cry. So you might all be getting this now and think, yeah, this is brilliant intellectually, Helen. I've really got this. This is great. But in the heat of the moment, it's hard. And it is hard to do. It, it really can be hard to be with our child when they're angry. And when they're angry and expressing their anger towards you, it's like, what? How dare you? Our feelings then come up in the way. So I want you to know, you know, I offer this, but I also know how hard it is. I, I know how hard it is for me to do it with my own children. And obviously I support other parents when they find it hard to do it with theirs. So what's really important to be able to do this is that you get the support that you need. You might not feel comfortable expressing yourself. You might feel nervous about crying with somebody or really saying exactly how you feel with someone. So maybe just start off by journaling. Just get a book and just write down everything. And it's important that you can just write down everything that you're feeling. You know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling completely hacked off with everything, write that down because the more you get it out, the more you express it, the better. It, you, you release it more. Now, journaling is great, but what is more powerful is actually expressing that to somebody else and having somebody else who can listen to you and know what you're doing and not freak out that you're just having this complete... <laughs> 
this complete meltdown over seemingly trivial things. You need to be able to talk to somebody who knows that just by listening and being with you is what you need in those moments. And that can be quite rare to find. So it's important that you choose carefully because I've had mistakes of calling people and um, and getting upset down the phone and they and they don't understand what I'm doing and so they can freak out, which doesn't help at all. You want to be able to talk to somebody who knows that you're okay, you just have upset feelings that you need to express, come out the other side, and then you'll be able to cope really, really well with life. So whether that's a counsellor or me, I do one-on-one sessions with parents and so I help them with their feelings as well as all the strategies because it's the feelings, your emotions, that drive how you respond to your children. And the more that you can deal with your own emotions, the easier it's going to be for you to help your child with their emotions. So it becomes less of an intellectual concept and more of a physical embodied life approach to help your children with their feelings. Okay, gets a bit big, big by the end, but I hope that that's helpful to understand that it's it's not an intellectual concept, our emotions. It's, it's a physical thing and they need to be expressed with somebody who can hold that space. So as the, as the parent, you can hold the space for your child. And then as the parent, you need someone to listen to you and you express what's going on for you. So... I'd love to hear how that feels for you. Reach out, find someone who you can talk to. As I said, I offer that, so come and contact me at parentingwithplay.com.au and and work on being with emotions. They're not scary, which I know they can seem at the time, but you, you can move through them. And even things that feel so overwhelming, and I think I might do an episode of this as well, at times that I felt so overwhelmed with my own emotions, I've always come out the other side if I've had that opportunity to express that in the presence of somebody else. So have a great week (laughs) and notice when you next notice your child getting upset, don't try and fix things. What the fixing is in the listening. So move in close and allow their feelings to flow. If they're really upset over something that seems completely trivial, allow them to be really upset over something that's completely trivial. There's more to it than that's, than may initially appear. That trivial thing is the catalyst. And then if you're feeling overwhelmed or when you next feel overwhelmed, call somebody, speak to somebody, get the support that you need so that you can express your emotions. Because when you can do that, life is so much easier. Things, challenges become much easier to deal with. It just, you, your mind becomes lighter. It just ripples out in so many ways and then your children can fully express exactly how they're feeling with you their most precious person in the whole world and the more that you can do that the more that they will be in tune with themselves and the less reactive they become out in the wider world by having that safe space at home with you means that they'll be able to cope much much better with challenges at daycare or at school or friendship dynamics or overcoming anxieties whatever it is that they're currently struggling with by having that safe opportunity to fully express whatever is upsetting them or bothering them with you ah means they're so much lighter and they'll be able to cope much, much better in a whole myriad of situations. All right. Okay. I hope that's helpful and have a great week. And I look forward to speaking to you next time. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. 
Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing. 